Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. A Department of Energy official had some strong words for the fossil fuel industry this week. According to Jigger Shaw, DOE's loan programs officer, the gas industry is leaving government money on the table that it could use to cut emissions. See, the administration is fielding tons of requests to finance new renewables projects, but Shaw says it's been crickets thus far from oil and gas, despite what he sees as major financial upsides. Environmentalists, though, don't want to see that money go to oil and gas and are pushing back on his remarks. So today, Politico's Ben Lefebvre takes us inside DOE's pitch to gas companies and the reaction from industry and environmentalists. It's Thursday, October 26th. The Energy Department's director for its loan processing office, which sounds kind of boring, but it's actually a big job. This is the office that approves all the debt financing, all the loans that the Energy Department gives out for developing kind of next generation energy projects. So when he came to the stage of the North American Gas Forum on Tuesday, it was a little bit of a, I don't want to say throwing cold water, but it was, I guess, a little bit of a reality check to a lot of these oil and gas industry executives who until then had been kind of saying, you know, we're doing all we can to kind of continue making natural gas like one of the cleaner fuels out there. But what Shaw said was that, look, I'm approving billions of dollars for projects that are going to kind of, you know, get going the next generation of of nuclear energy. I'm getting a ton of requests for money for projects for battery technology, for hydrogen. But he said, I'm getting almost nothing, no no requests from the fossil fuel industry. And he was basically warning them of being too complacent. One of the things he, he mentioned was that companies that kind of add on like new projects, new businesses that can expand their energy supply, investors tend to like these kind of companies. He made a point of talking about the price to earnings ratio, which is basically the higher the ratio, the more investors think the company is worth. And he was saying, you know, the oil industry, a lot of these companies are stuck at like a PE ratio of like four or five. When a company he mentioned that added next generation geothermal to its business was seeing a P.E. ratio of like 14. So one of the things he said was he found it fascinating that the oil and gas industry, in his words, would rather be right in kind of saying, you know, oil and gas by itself is the future than being valued higher by investors. One other thing he said, too, was that, you know, he found that LNG companies in particular, are slower than I want them to be, he said, and that's his direct quote. I think the LNG companies are like, we can't get caught using a government program. It might get us disinvited from the country club. But ultimately, I think their cost of capital is high. And if they want to lower their cost of capital, I think we offer that. It sounds like he also kind of looked at some numbers that the oil and gas industry has been touting and basically said that they are in some ways undervaluing renewable energy. And could you talk a little bit more about those comments? Yeah, he was saying, you know what, one of the constant ideas hit at this conference was natural gas executives basically saying, well, look, there's never been a form of energy that's really disappeared. We just have new forms of energy stacking on top of the old ones to feed an ever-growing demand. 
And this is kind of true if you look globally, if you see places in the developing world that are still using like animal dung to heat their homes, they may switch to coal or, you know, something. But the, the, the larger argument that the gas executives were making was that don't ever worry about their running out of sales for natural gas. The future was pretty bright in that regard. But if you look at their argument, if you look at specific places like in the US and Europe, coal has been decimated. Coal use is just way down from what it used to be. And Shaw was trying to remind the industry that he kept warning against data polarization, is what he called it, of kind of cherry picking the facts that make your argument and then completely never minding the other argument. So he made the point that executives kept, you know, would keep saying that solar and wind is still only, what is it, like, you know, 3% of total global output. But he's, his point was, you know, it had been 1% six years ago. So it's more than doubled. And what his direct quote was is, it is unequivocally the case that solar and wind with the addition of lithium ion batteries has grown faster than any other energy transition in the history of mankind. And I think you interpret data incorrectly at your peril. So again, it was really a little bit of cold water on this idea that the natural gas outlook was you know, rosy from here on out. Okay, got it. And unsurprisingly, perhaps, it sounds like the industry doesn't exactly agree with Shah's assessment. What are they saying about his comments? They were saying that renewable energy is still too expensive. There's still a huge demand for natural gas, that natural gas is a, you know, it's a clean fuel and that they're going to make it even cleaner. But, you know, you kind of had some folks on, you know, even within the industry saying, look, carbon capture is hugely expensive and we're not sure if it's worth for instance, electrifying an LNG plant to reduce its carbon emissions. If you look at the money, there was kind of this weird argument that basically the industry is now saying that climate change is definitely something that the fossil fuel industry has to take into account. But you're also getting this kind of vibe that fighting climate change is too expensive (laughs) or, you know, it's expensive. And so it's going to go slower than many people would hope. They had kind of pushed back against that and said, look, we're doing all we can and we don't think that spending a ton of money or even getting these loans is, is going to help reduce emissions from a lot of these projects. Interesting. OK, and it, it sounds like on the flip side, you're also now reporting that environmental groups are upset about Shaw's comments. What issue did they take with what Shaw said? Their issue was that they did not appreciate Shaw basically inviting the fossil fuel industry to take advantage of DOE loans. Their thoughts are that the type of projects that these companies would likely pick up would be carbon capture and hydrogen production, both of which, you know, these environmental groups are saying are still kind of fuzzy whether they're going to work or, you know, in some cases they'll say that they don't think they'll work at all at large scale. And therefore, it's a a bit of a waste of taxpayer money to even have the DOE fund these projects. So they, they, I think there was one group that called Shaw's statement at, you know, quote unquote, stupid. (laughs) So it shows a little bit of the rancor that comes out when the DOE makes any overtures to the fossil fuel industry to use government money to cut their emissions. Also, here's our take on new House Speaker Mike Johnson, a Republican from Louisiana. Johnson has the support of the oil and gas industry, but environmentalists are sharply criticizing his elevation to the role due to his denial of climate change. On Wednesday, House Republicans voted to make Johnson speaker, ending the nearly month-long internal fight GOP members waged that brought legislative work in the chamber to a standstill. While previous candidates for the position have a long history of working with the oil and gas industry, Johnson's record was thinner, but he's still expected to be a champion of the industry that's played a crucial role in his state. 
For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.